3: listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Thanks for downloading and subscribing. This week it's Swindon Town v. Newcastle, United Newcastle, represented by Lindsay Hipgrave and Terry Alderton. Hello to you. Hello, Hello Charlie. Charlie. Excited to be on a podcast? Absolutely.
4: Very oh, much. Yeah,
3: creaming it in from the podcast money. Everyone's... <laughs> <laughs> Ivo and Natalie representing Swindon Town. Excited? Uh, always. It's always, always lovely to be here. Ivo?
5: Yes, it's an absolute pleasure, Charlie. Thank you very much. Sounded like you meant it as well.
3: Now, this week we do Sporting Heretics. Of course, every week we do uh-huh. it. We've got wind of yours, Natalie, early oh. on in the week. Found out what it was. Mm. That shirts, wasn't it? England shirt. Yes, shirts. maybe. And we put it out on Twitter. We asked people what they thought of your heretics. And I'll give you the results of that at the end of the podcast. Oh. And here it is. Hello, I'm Charlie Baker and welcome to Glory Hunters, the show that pits fan against fan in a gladiatorial battle of wits. Our guests may have been picked last for games at school, but here they're given the chance to represent the team they've always supported. But whose name will the fans sing and who's not fit to wear the shirt? It's up for grabs now on Glory Hunters. Welcome to Glory Hunters. This week's second round tie sees Newcastle take on Swindon Town. Representing Newcastle, our team captain Terry Alderton, who's alongside Lindsay Hipgrave. Hello you two. Hello. We'll come back to you in a minute, wait. Thank Leading out the Robins is Natalie Sawyer, who's with comedian Ivo Hello. Graham. Ivo, are you the biggest fan that Swindon Town has got? Because I've looked. Mm. The only other one I could find was Willie Carson.
5: Well, he's put more of his money into the club than I have. Has he? <laughs> Although I have recently made a sizeable investment to become a sponsor of, uh, I saw uh, that of oh, I saw keepers.
3: that
5: it's who received... have you sponsored Ivo? I've sponsored Archie Matthews Swindon's third choice uh, goalkeeper a youth team product who's hoping to break into the first team over the next couple of years he's one of your own he's one of our own <laughs> and, uh, is this a
0: full kit type uh, sponsorship
5: uh, well, uh, well, no my, my name and face won't be on the kit but it is in the programme so Archie Matthews is he likely to get a game I think it's unlikely because we've got Luke McCormick and Swansea Loney Stephen Bender and both are solid between the sticks. Lindsay,
3: you? have you ever sponsored a player or been uh, near? No,
2: no, I didn't even know this could happen. But it's expensive. Laser, at Newcastle. So I've never even heard of it before. There's a couple of players probably need sponsorship but of a different form. <laughs> Keep them on the straight and narrow. they
3: <laughs> <Yeah, yes. laughs> yeah, might no, help. No, very good. Terry Alderton, Lindsay Hipgrave, mm. playing for Newcastle United. Yeah. Very exciting. Steve Bruce shored it all up, hasn't he, Lindsay?
2: Well, yeah. Made it all safe. In a fashion. Are you
3: happy with the current form, Lindsay, at Newcastle?
2: Uh, We've had a bad run over Christmas, but um, I think we gave ourselves enough of a cushion that we haven't got to worry too much. I think there's there's worse than us. Yeah. Which is not something to be happy about.
5: There's some real dross this year. Yeah.
3: Terry, you, yes. of course, have played for Southend. Indeed. Very excited. Yes. What were you like in the dressing room? You were sort of no. a big noise no. in the dressing room. Rubbish. A come on, lads That's... sort of guy in charge of the ghetto
4: blaster. No, no, <laughs> no, no, no. That wasn't about then. I was very much not. I was the guy in the corner who said nothing. Oh. And that was really probably, to be honest, it was probably my downfall in football because I wasn't one for the, what do you call it now, banter.
3: Yes. Yeah, but you've got to be chatty as a goalie. You've you? got to give it the allows, back yeah. But
4: it's not my style. Yeah, I could, I could. Well, on the pitch, I could. I was fine. I actually played at Newcastle as well, funny enough. I did, did you? play on the, the big slope. couldn't believe how slope the ground is. Yeah, I played in a thing called the match on Sky One about 200 years ago. And so I played uh, on that ground, that hallowed turf. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. So wonderful were So you weren't, weren't chatty in the
3: stadium. dressing room. What, so no, were, not were, chatty were, at were you,
4: at you not chatty no. at school? Were you chatty yes, at school? School, impressions, having yeah. a fun time, being the class clown. In the dressing room, no Charlie Baker. What teacher did you do
3: in pressure of it? Mr. Shugitch. Come on, let's have have him. Mr. Shugitch. Yeah, go on, do it. Mr. Shugit. Yeah, yeah it. but we need more than that. Could I only Mr. say, Shugget. Mr. Shugit. He said, "Right, everybody, go back and walk." It's Mr. your own Shugget. time you're wasting. It's <laughs> your own time
4: you're wasting. I used to love that when teachers go, "It's your own time you're wasting." And they <laughs> point to the clock, wouldn't they? Yeah. And you'd sit there going, you're "How would Mr. Shugit say on it?" I'm thirteen. He'd say, "He'd say, when well, I'm doing the middle of a joke, Charlie, don't, don't interrupt." <laughs> right, that's what he'd say because yeah. it killed me punchline. But it doesn't yeah. matter. You did it on purpose. And no, I look at your face. Well, I want you oh. to just do the impression. That's what I'm trying. Mr. Charlie Baker, shut up. That's how he was like shut up Charlie Baker and now be and you, really, and and your clock joke he'd get really shaky and what he'd do is he'd point up to the clock right Yeah. and he'd do it full stretch you know what it's like when you're kids and they go it's your own time you're wasting they point to the clock as, to get as close as they can to it and then you'd sit there going well I'm I'm 13 and you're 60 Yeah. Lindsay what were you like at school?
2: I was the just- a bit of a swat.
4: Well
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, I was a bit. I was quite good yeah. actually, quite sensible. I talked too much. That was the only the only bad comments I got at parents' evening where she just needs to stop talking and distracting everyone, but I yeah, I did all right.
3: So what GCSE results did you get, Lindsay?
2: I got 3 A stars, 7 hey. A's and 2 B's.
4: Pretty good. You Pretty good. what's worrying is, I'm the one sitting around this table that didn't do that kind of exam. You did O-levels, did you, Terry? I did o G and CSE, but I didn't do any of them. I just didn't go in. I left. So, the scene is
3: set for Newcastle v Swindon Town, a fixture that's got testimonial written all over it. Right now... It's time for this. My club's
1: bigger than your club. My club's bigger than your club.
3: My club's bigger than your club. We want each of our guests to tell us why they are the biggest club here today. They are free to employ any reasoning they wish. However, it's not about medals on the table. It's an exercise in winning hearts and minds. Now, Ivo and Natalie, you won the chance to go first. Are we ready, Ivo? Yeah. You've got to tell us why Swindon Town are bigger than Newcastle
5: United, and your 30 seconds starts now. I have a lot of respect for Newcastle United, or at least I did until Ooh. earlier this season when I paid my first ever visit to St James's Park or the Sports Direct Arena. <laughs> did you know Newcastle are sponsored by Sports Direct? Really? You'll know when you go to the ground. <laughs> it's absolutely everywhere. What a, what, a, what a shameful advertising hoarding that is. At Swindon, you just have the names of classic players and they used to have one little sign saying Jamie Cullum Jazz Idol, which they had for about 20 <laughs> years. But it's basically a, a sort of... It's a Mike Ashley museum. We're three divisions apart at the moment, but Swindon are the most upwardly mobile team in Britain, whereas Newcastle are stumbling into the abyss. In 18 months' time, we will be in the championship together. You're going to get away with this season, but not next. Up front this season, we had Owen Doyle for the first half of the season, scored more goals than anyone else in Europe. And this week, we're going to complete the signing of famous fire hydrant Will Grigg. He's coming to Swindon. They've still got Andy Carroll up front and the absolutely hapless... Joe Linton. No, thank you. Richie Wellens is the most exciting manager in the country. Uh, Steve Bruce is a dinosaur who needs to be put out of his misery. I cannot imagine a fate worse than clinging on to the belief that Newcastle are some sort of big team, whereas Swindon are a small team who are exceeding their expectations and will continue to for some years to come.
3: Oh, boom! Oh, blame in the good.
2: fans for boom. Mike Ashley, though. That's- I- <laughs> <laughs>
3: he was blaming the fans for Mike Ashley right there. Lindsay. And it's not
2: called the sports Direct at the arena, arena oh, anymore.
3: I didn't like it when he was looking you in the eye and
2: saying <laughs>
3: it. It felt very aggressive, but it was very, very good. Lindsay, can you please tell us why Newcastle are a bigger club than Swindon Town?
2: Well, I'll focus on the positives about Newcastle rather than slagging off little Swindon, because <laughs> that would be mean. That would be like bullying because they're, they're just so small. Uh, because Newcastle aren't a big club. They're, they're actually a huge club, I have to say. Under Performing, yes, not reaching their potential, yes, but one of the biggest clubs in the world in one of the most iconic cities in the world. Uh, the stadium, yours holds what, 16,000? Our stands over the city like a temple The fan base is amazing, some of the biggest attendances in the Premier League. The fans are football mad, they're friendly, Uh, they know how to have a good night out, know how to party. I've never met a single person who has never had a good night out in Newcastle. You won't hear anyone say a bad word about it. Swindon are in the fourth division. We're in the Premier League. That is lower than Sunderland. In 1994, the last time we met, Newcastle batted you 7-1. The Premier League's all-time leading scorer is the Geordie. The greatest player, uh, naturally gifted player to ever play for England is a Geordie. Also one of the best managers in world football, respected by everybody, So Bobby Robson. Also a Geordie. Um, some of the most famous people from Newcastle, Anton Dex, Sting and Rowan Atkinson. You've got Countdowns Nick Hewer and Billy Piper.
3: Excellent. Superb answers. Very good. I'm going to give Lindsay one goal and Ivo two goals for the phrase the Mike Ashley Museum.
4: Are we ready? I love these quotes, by the way. Xi Song Park is probably not as young as he was when he first arrived at Old Trafford all those years ago.
3: <laughs> You're listening to Glory Hunters, the podcast from Talk Sport. Time now to incur the wrath of the sporting gods as we enter the round known as... Sporting heretics. I'm going to invite each member of the panel to share an idea or opinion they believe will change sport for the better. Previous suggestions have included abolishing half-time, a transfer window for fans and even renaming football. This is an exercise in thinking the unthinkable and breaking free from the shackles of convention that have denied sport the opportunity to fulfil its true potential
4: Terry Alderton we're going to start with you. Yes. And I've got here red card at a player. Right, you're going to love this. Okay. So, the team that uh, have been unfairly challenged, so the player's gone down, he's been tackled nasty. Yeah. He's got to come off, Charlie. High boot. High boot. He's got, got in, to come off, you know, up. it's not fair. Red card is shown. Now, if the player has to go off, the team can either leave on the red-carded player. They can, you can stay on. All right. But they can add a player and oh. a substitute. Oh, right. So they, they kind can of they lose on... a player or the other team can have a player. They can add, add a player. So it'll end up being 12 versus 11, but they also could bring on another goalkeeper if they want. Two goalies. <laughs> two goalies. I was actually, it was quite funny because as I was telling this um, idea to you guys, yeah. you all came in to me. It was very nice to watch thinking, actually, I've got their attention. As soon as I said two goalkeepers, everyone got, up, No, it. I'm out. No way. You this is dive back.
3: This is like crazy golf
4: all right, let's pretend. Let's pretend I never said two goalkeepers. Yeah. You could bring on another player, so you can go. You can go nine. Ver, you can go. Sorry, you can go ten versus eleven. Yeah. Right? Or. Or you can go, twelve versus, eleven. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. But here's the thing: you can't bring on another goalkeeper.
3: Well, that would be a crazy <laughs> idea, wouldn't it? Right? That would be a so ridiculous. So idea.
4: So you and can also, base
2: it on how strong the player is who made the red card tackle. If they're a good player, then you know you want them off. You're going to yes. go.
4: Well that's it. Uh, if they're a liability no. no. and they're not see, they're having a bad game. Who, why 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 is she my partner? Exactly. Her, but what if,
3: Terry, so you what see? if you wanted to keep them well, with no, eleven, minutes. who would you bring on? Another attacker or another well, defender? Point, don't what if you do bring Ooh. on another goalkeeper? Because that would be stupid. <laughs> and is that
4: it till the end of the game? Till the end of the game. The other thing as well, if that player if that player that's gone off has to be out for ten weeks, oh. Oh, the yeah. player that calls the foul. Yeah.
3: Also, has to be out 10 oh, no, Now you're getting into all <laughs> you, sort of legal responsibility now. An eye for an eye. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you one goal. Oh, you're out of Ivo Graham, ban all international tournaments.
5: Yes. What are the two biggest problems in the world at the moment? The rise of nationalism and the climate crisis. Let's get rid of, well, let's not sort both of them out just like this, but I think one significant step. Uh, would not be having the Travelling Circus. That is an international sports tournament. For example, a, a major international football tournament every two years. We're seeing in Australia that it is ludicrous that the Australian Open is going ahead with what's going on in Australia. And every couple of years, particularly when a country has to completely uh, sort of go on some large-scale building project, like, like, like in Brazil, if they build sort of five new stadiums just for the World Cup, it is an engineering nightmare. It is uh, speeding up the death of this planet as we know it. And the tournament's, ...often aren't any good anyway. Let's be honest, let's focus on our domestic uh, teams... ...and let's focus on international club tournaments. Maybe you can still have the Champions League, I would say... ...which is always more exciting than the World Cup. The World Cup is an absolute bore-off. England, in my lifetime, have had... ...there have been two fun international tournaments. There's been Euro 96 and there's been the World Cup 18 months ago. And apart from that... I couldn't care less about what's happening in any of them. We wouldn't miss it at all. You'd get a proper summer holiday. Comics would be able to get some audiences of their Edinburgh previews in July. And we wouldn't have millions of the world's worst people, international football fans, schlepping it around the globe stinking up the tourist industries of countries oh. they've never researched, so that they can support their teams in a pointless, largely oh. pointless tournament, Charlie. Oh. I don't want it. Last week I
0: suggested <laughs> about cycling yes.
5: to tournaments. You did! So, and getting the train as well. I'm sorry that didn't catch up on the podcast. But, um, there we are. An, so on the
3: and Ivo, <laughs> <laughs> this is from a man who's... Where, where did you spend um, Christmas this year? I went to Brazil, There actually. we are, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so worried about yeah, his to, carbon
5: footprint. To check out the abandoned stadium in Belo Horizonte. Brazil for
3: Christmas. Okay, Ivo, I disagree with you completely, which I suppose is the the whole point of the round.
0: (laughs) Name of the game. Um, So I'm
3: going to give you two goals. Oh right. Just because.
5: It's not increasing.
3: Because I can. So it isn't the three out of three, but there we are. Well done, Ivo. Natalie Sawyer. Mm. England should ditch the white shirt.
0: Yes, they should, and they should make the red strip their Mm. home colour. Name me one England fan that doesn't feel more. More confident on me playing in red. It's not because we're all harking back to 66 in a sea of nostalgia. It's because red is the colour of a winner.
4: Oof.
0: England have won the last 17 games when they've worn red. Football teams that wear red are more successful generally as well. In 2008, an academic study found that since 1947, teams that wear red in all divisions are disproportionately successful. So that's science telling oh, us. Yes that oh. red is a winner. Red is a statement of aggression. It can make opponents feel intimidated and it's like a beacon on the pitch, making it easier to spot your teammates. So we can only wonder what would have happened if England had worn red against Croatia mm. in Russia. Things may well have been very different. Oh, I
3: think there must be some factors. Remember that grey kit in Euro 96? Oh, We'd never no. worn, we had never worn before it. The grey oh, kit. Yes. We wore it in the set. That was a disaster, yeah, it was wasn't it? not good. I mean, Exeter City is the only thing I can think of. They playing Red and I hate them. The Swindon playing red, they're not they're in League Two, so that can't be that good. If the science was <laughs> so in the league? I <laughs> know, but if the, the science yeah. was particularly good, wouldn't just all teams in red be in the Premier League? Everyone would be in there away kit all the time.
0: Because there's always anomalies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this is just fact.
3: <laughs> this is just fact. Um, two goals, Natalie. Okay. Two goals. Very, very good. And Lindsay, we come to you last in this round, and you are telling us. Uh, yellow cards for the whole team.
2: Yes, I wanted to use it to stamp out blatant diving Mm. and cheating with the introduction of a yellow card for the whole team. So when players go down like they've been shot and there's no contact and especially when they go down holding their face when they've only had a tap on their arm, it's brought shame to the game for such a long time and I feel like we could stamp it out by causing total humiliation for them and turning their teammates against them for behaving in such an embarrassing way. So we need to cause a backlash from the whole team. So if you're potentially going to get a ban because you've got a yellow car because of one of your teammates yeah. rolling around the floor, I think it would disappear overnight because the, the managers, if they, had, they put a stop to it quite quickly, they have players um, facing a ban and I think it would be a, a good deterrent. If you were going to miss if the game. on a yellow
3: card already and they're going to get sent oh, off, off. cuz you've then been Then you go
2: Yeah, exactly, you yeah. lose man and then the, the team who has the most team yellow cards at the end of the season would be named and shame so everyone knows who the worst culprit is. Yes. And it's kind of like that thing in school where the teacher gives the detention to the whole class yes. even though it's just one person talking.
3: Lindsay, I I mean, I know I'm supposed to disagree, but I 100% agree with you. Is that uh,
2: not the idea of the round? I don't think it's the idea of the round, but
3: I'm just going to give you three goals, Lindsay. It is very, very good.
4: Jordan Henderson is a player who likes to do his business in the middle of the park.
3: You're listening to the Glory Hunters podcast. Rate, review, subscribe. Time now for back in the day where we travel back to a landmark moment in both clubs' history. Terry and Lindsay, that well, sounds like a sitcom. Yes. Terry and Lindsay, we're going back to 1969, and this. Foggen all by himself,
5: Foggen almost it down, and Foggen has hit the crossbar, He scored! Foggen has scored, Alan Foggen, the substitute, who came on, made a brilliant run hit the ball, sent Mahalia, saved it, and he got the rebound.
3: Alan Fogon's goal saw Newcastle beat Užpesti Dozja of Hungary 3-2 in the second leg of the Intercity Fairs Cup final, which they won 6-2 on aggregate. But what else do you remember of that year, Lindsay? I'm sure... I'm sure well, the fact I wasn't Were you there, even born. Were you there <laughs> Lindsay? No? Okay, Terry, you must have been there. 1969 was you year, year before I was born. Alright, oh, yeah. okay, there we are.
4: So, so there we are. No, we're going to have no, a good
3: guess at these questions. Okay. First question, 1969 saw this man win his first league title. The ph- philosophy I've got is the fact that if there are a hundred battles to be won when you take over a new job, you might as well get them all done in the first three months if you can. No point in saying, well, we'll take our time, get him out of the road, and then you can clear the decks and get down to what you think is the right thing.
4: Are we talking about players here now? Anything.
3: Brian Clough's Derby County were the runaway winners of the second division. But why (laughs) did so many press photos at the time feature a woman called Patricia Whedon posing with the trophy? Was it A, she was the chairman's daughter, B, she was a much-loved tea lady approaching retirement or C, she was the winner of the Miss Derby County Beauty Contest that year?
4: Well, it could be any of those, couldn't it? I'd like any to of those.
2: think it's because she was a much-loved tea lady. I'm that would be the nice la- answer. I think
4: it's a nice answer, but that could just Patricia be... Patricia Whedon, 1969. William, Mrs Whedon, the tea lady.
2: Surely they wouldn't just wheel out Miss Derbyshire. Oh, so I
4: don't was know. What year, 1969? Was it wasn't Miss yeah. Derbyshire, Miss Derby County. i think in ah. tea lady. Tea lady could be... Uh, if you were writing this quiz, you'd go, what about a tea lady? That threw them. Throw them somewhere. I think yeah. two ladies' nonsense. She was the chairman's daughter. She was a much-loved tea lady
3: approaching retirement. She was the winner of the Miss Derby County Beauty Contest that year. I reckon that's it.
2: Do you?
4: I think it would be so, something as crass and silly as that. Go for that.
2: Go for it. Do you
4: want to go for it, though?
2: Well, I just hope it's wrong, but... Going oh, for it. That's
3: 1969. Yeah, you do are it. correct. The answer, uh, correct. The answer uh, is exactly C, like. C Ghostly, and The Miss Derby all sorts. County Beauty Contest was held every year at the Locarno Ballroom in Derby. Question two As one manager was in the ascendancy, another announced his retirement that year.
1: And the chat now is Busby, Busby, Busby. tremendous moment for this
3: great man. Man United there winning the European Cup under Sir Matt Busby, who stood down as Man United manager in 1969 after 25 years. But can you tell me which of the following facts about Sir Matt is false? A, he coached the British football team at the 1948 Olympics. B, the Beatles mentioned him in the song "Dig It" from the album "Let It Be." C.
4: He won over 50 caps for Scotland. Can I be really stupid and ask you quickly? Were the Olympics uh, at the Olympics? Was well, football was football involved back then at the Olympics? I'm not sure. I'm not entirely sure whether I'm right or wrong, but I feel that.
2: And I don't know the song "Dig It," so I couldn't.
4: Mm, I'm not so. I'm, I'm not, not sure that it's in that or not. Now. But I would. I would. Uh, the Scottish thing could be. I'm gonna push you for an answer. Do you want to go with the Olympics?
2: He
3: coached. He coached the British football team at the 1948 yeah, Olympics. Let's go with
4: that. The yeah, Beatles the mentioned
3: him in the song, Dig It, from the album Let It Be. He won over 50 caps for Scotland.
4: He never, he never did the uh, England thing.
3: He never no. coached the British no. football team at the 1948 Olympics.
4: No, he did, didn't
3: he? He did, I'm afraid. Ah. He, he did not win over 50 caps for Scotland. He was only capped once. Question three. Speaking of the Beatles, they went into the studio for the final time in 1969. But what was the last song they recorded together as a band? Was it... Come
1: together, right now, over me,
3: come together, or be,
1: I'd like to be, under the sea, in an octopus's garden, in the shade,
3: that was octopus's garden, or C, and
4: in the
1: end,
3: Is it The End? Which one of those do you think it was? Well,
4: I'm not too sure what I'm about to say, but I'm gonna have a go. Uh, (laughs) I've got a feeling that Abbey Road is the last album, Then that's the last song that they did The End, but it wasn't the last album they put out. I think it was the uh, penultimate album, and I can't remember what was the last album they sold, but Abbey Road was the last album they did.
2: That was the last (laughs) song. The last one they
5: recorded.
4: Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) but I'm going definitely The End. If I don't get this right, then I've just talked
5: complete garbage.
4: Okay. Let's find out.
3: So, at the end of that round, you scored two goals, which takes you to eight. Ooh, currently eight, seven, Natalie and Ivo. We're going to go back to 1987. And this.
1: Bamber in, good header. And now White. White still. But it has to be said, that wasn't very good defending by Gillingham. But let White in there. But it was very good finishing by Steve
3: White. There we are. Steve White scored both goals for Swindon in their 2-0 victory against Gillingham in the third division playoff final. But what else do you remember of 1987? Wow. Here we go. Question one. 1987 saw the playoffs introduced for the very first time. But what else was also mooted that season before the authorities had a change of heart? A... Mini camcorders attached to goalposts in an embryonic trial of goal-line technology. B. The merger between West London rivals Fulham and QPR. C. The national anthem played before every kickoff.
5: Great options.
3: Camcorders, uh-huh. mergers, <laughs> anthems. Did you say small camcorders? It said mini camcorders. Not a chance. Not, in they 1987, were they were big, weren't they? Had, they were huge. So everything big, 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 big. was bigger in the 80s. So what's your answer? I,
0: I don't know why the merger rings a
3: bell. Going with the, the merger? TBR. We're going with the merger. It is the merger. Oh! There we are in 1987. Wow. Question, question two. 1987 <laughs> was also the year of this. <laughs>
1: away from Gillespie. Nicholas and in the area. Nicholas...
3: Charlie Nicholas's second goal for Arsenal saw the Gunners beat Liverpool 2-1 in the League Cup final, which meant they were finally able to bury the misery of having lost to Swindon in the final in 1969, just after the Beatles recorded Abbey Road, their <laughs> final studio album. But what else was particularly significant about that victory? Was it A, first time Liverpool had lost a game in which Ian Rush had scored? B, First time both managers in a League Cup final weren't English. Or C, first time the trophy was sponsored. What would it have been if we were in the
5: Littlewoods Cup, wouldn't it? I don't Rumble, think it's I would have thought, the third one. Or the Milk Cup. I think Rumblos. it's um, Rumbelows. So Ian
0: think, Rush or not English?
5: Ian have, Rush was my would have been the Liverpool and Arsenal managers in the late 80s. I can't even think. No, I can't I'm even think either. Good. I'd be very happy to go with this it's Ian Rush good. answer, yes, actually. Yes,
0: yes. I like that one. Yes. Let's go with that.
3: You're Ian Rush. With Ian Rush, the first time Liverpool had lost a game in which Ian Rush had scored. That is correct. Oh, yes. hundred and
1: forty-four
3: match. Liquid quizzing. Unbeaten run. <laughs> Question three. Which player that year broke the domestic transfer record? Was it? Here's John Barnes. This could be number four. It is. John Barnes, Watford to Liverpool, or Cross again there for Brooking. Hit this time and what a save! What a monumental save by Peter Shilton. Peter Shilton Southampton to Derby or was it? Space for Beardsley.
5: Three Liverpool players in the middle if Beardsley needs them. He doesn't.
3: Peter Beardsley Newcastle to Liverpool, which player that year broke the domestic transfer record? Was it John Barnes, Peter Shilton or Peter Beardsley? Lovely, isn't it? Lovely question. Oh, yes, it is.
0: And you know, when you first hear here we're going to talk about
5: 1987,
0: you think, oh yeah, this is this is more contemporary to yeah. what you guys have. Mm, no, haven't no. a clue. Not a clue Didn't know Beardsley
5: a cl- went to Liverpool. Didn't you? He was excellent oh, for Liverpool. Yes. Right. Um He'd be my answer for this.
0: Would he? Uh, all of them though, I feel like. Barnes feels
3: too obvious.
0: B or C, just say B or C. B. OK, Peter Shilton.
3: Again with Peter Shilton. Uh, the answer is Peter Beardsley. Oh, there we are.
4: Oh, what his
3: name it for £1.9 million. Pounds. So. In that round, you scored two goals, Swindon Town, which takes you to nine. Means the scores are currently Swindon Town nine, Newcastle United eight.
1: Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices
3: Here on Glory Hunters, we hold people to account, and that's why we do this. Our esteemed panel are about to face the scrutiny of the general public, and have absolutely no idea what they'll ask as we play A Question of Sport Time. Yes, can we have our first question, please? Hi there. I've never worked out why sports people dominate the after-dinner circuit. Surely people from other professions must have funny stories to tell. With that in mind, I wonder if the panel could share a funny story from their day job. Their day job, there we are. Terry, have you ever had any other job outside of show business?
4: Um, yeah, I used, to work on the, I used to work at a place called Freshfields, which is a solicitor's. Solicitors? Yeah. And I, I worked in the copying room. I was uh, the Ooh. guy who fixed the photocopiers on the floors when they broke down. Ran out of toner,
3: that sort of thing. Yes,
4: exactly what I used to do. That's yeah. all I can think of would go toner. wrong.
0: Paper jam. Paper jams. Lovely. jam. Lovely.
4: Paper, paper jam. Bring that in works. the paper from downstairs, bring oh, it all in. Yeah, yeah. Skilled put work. It, put it everywhere. Skilled, skilled 18, work. Very skilled. 18. Double-sided.
3: But outside of that, <laughs> what's, what's your best <laughs> anecdote that you'd tell?
4: Like you tell? I think of a time, actually, going to do, uh, when I was new to London, doing comedy, and I was driving, if you know London, I was at the Oval. Oh, yeah. If you know the Oval. Yeah. the cricket ground, and I was there, there's a set of lights there <clears throat> near Brixton and Streatham, and I didn't know where Streatham was at that point, and I got to the lights, and there was a guy standing there, I said, excuse me, do you know where Streatham is, and he's, he was a lovely little fella, came with a big smiley face, and uh, I'm, I'm assuming he was from Nigeria, because he just went to me, Streatham, and I went, "Yes, yeah, Streatham, do you know where it is, please, and he went, Streatham, and I went, yeah, and he went, Streatham, and in the end, <laughs> okay. he's giggling, he's l- laughing, and i am the lights have changed numerous amount of times, and I think, we need to get going here, Paul, because... I'm late for the gig. I said, please, do you know where it is or not? And he went, please listen to me. strut on. <laughs> <laughs> well, bless his heart, He was laughing and laughing. Yeah. And he could go, strut on. And I'm going, yes, yeah, strut him." He's going, With desperation. <laughs> Streat it is, on. Right? <laughs> I went, yes, yeah, strut. on. Please listen. Lovely. That's why he went, Lovely. He's laughing. He went, please listen. stret on. Beautiful.
3: Two goals, Terry. Lindsay. <laughs>
2: Thank you. <laughs> I'm not sure if this is funny if you don't know me, ma'am, but okay. it's, it makes me laugh when I think of it now. It's kind of how my day job started, really. So it was after I finished university and I was up in Newcastle and we were out. England were playing at St James's Park. I think it was when they had the World Cup qualifiers at right, different yeah. grounds. I think it was Albania or something. So we'd all been out having a good few drinks. My mum and dad were out and I was moaning to them sort of throughout the night that. I was really struggling to, to get a job, you know, and I'm getting this, it no doesn't matter how many CVs I saying I'm getting the same old knockback, you know, if you haven't got any experience. And it's like, how am I supposed to get any experience mm. if no-one will give me any in the first place? as
3: old as time, Lindsay. Yeah.
2: So... We're all fairly drunk at this point, and then this people carrier pulls up at the bar, and I recognise Garth Crooks. Get out, and I sort of said to my mum, "I said, oh, that's all the lot from the BBC. There must have been at St James's Park tonight." So before I could stop her, my mum marches over, and I'm like, "No, I'll go and say hello for you." Brilliant. I'm like dying inside, she's in proper Geordie man mode, Perfect. half a lager in lime yeah. in hand, goes to <laughs> introduce herself. She's there chatting for ages. And then when she comes back, she hands me this business card. It's that that little man with the grey hair over there just said, you know, send him an email, send him your CV and he'll help you get some work experience. So I looked down at the card, Greg Dyke. I said, man, you oh. do know that's the director general of the BBC that you've just accosted Fantastic. drunk in a bar in Newcastle. Brilliant. I she's oh, Shy Ben's getting out. Shy
3: <laughs> sure, Bairns uh, getting it, uh, and you out. And
2: I, I emailed him, sent him my CV and he passed it on and they got me work experience at Radio Newcastle. What's so, your mum's name? Linda.
3: Linda, you've smashed that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Linda. Brilliant. Brilliant. Not a clue. Don't ask, brilliant. Get? Exactly. Yeah, Bri- brilliant brilliant. story. Three goals, Lindsay. Ivo Graham.
5: Two and a half years ago, I had the good fortune to support Jack D., on his work in progress tour of the commuter belt, uh, Hemel Hempstead. Hitchin, Tring, all the big ones, <laughs> and uh, and I would go on uh, beforehand, uh, quite right, and uh, do a bit of my thing. Be,
3: be weird the other way around. I think it would. Be, well, it actually was the
5: other way around in Tring because uh, because my train got delayed, so he had to support me, and the people of Tring did not think it was appropriate. Classic Graham. Um, in well, you say classic Graham, but but all the trains at Euston were down, and I had left enough time. You can't prepare for everything in this live chat. So in um, Hitchin, uh, I'd done my usual solid but. Spectacular stuff. Um, The kind of seven out of ten performance that makes me the perennial support app (laughs) that I am, I'll do well. But I won't blow the audience away. I'll leave some room for afters. And after that I thought, I'll tell you, I haven't had dinner I'm gonna have I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna watch Jack, uh but I'm gonna have a curry from round the corner while I do it. So I went to get lovely. a takeaway curry from kitchen in the, in the place next door. I brought it back but the the, the the what's it called? The tannoy that plays it through that's not what it's called, that plays it through to the dressing room. Yeah. What's that called? The
3: tannoy. The tannoy t- it it, it we'll wasn't working. Yeah, so
5: I couldn't yeah. hear Jack, but, I, but in my head I wanted to listen to Jack and, and have my lovely curry. Lovely. So I thought I'll just eat it in the wings. Oh yeah, you love that. What do you mean oh. So he, I I he doesn't need, about that. He doesn't need to know about that. Your blimmin' sarg paneer wafting through. That's, well, Charlie, you beat me to the punch. I <laughs> had a sarg paneer and it did waft through. <laughs> I'm listening to Chad having a lovely curry, <laughs> and, and I, about halfway through his set he goes, can anyone else... He actually said, can anyone else smell cupper soup? So he'd not, he'd, not, he'd, not, he'd not guessed right. This wasn't one of his hilarious observations <poke> on life. No, no, no. About the smell of copper soup permeates every aspect of everyday life. No, because in this case, it did. And he came and, he put, and the curtain was pulled back to reveal me just sat having a curry at a table in the wings of his gig, which wasn't a massively dignified end to the tour, you'd have to say.
4: Not to win is guttering. I don't know where you got that one from, Nobs. That's Mark Noble, West Ham.
3: I've been rocking and rolling ever since I left school Cruising along just playing a fool I never felt like nothing at all, except music and football quizzes. From Talk Sport, this is Glory Hunters, the podcast. Time now for our two team captains to step up to the plate as I ask them to debate which sport do they rate as the very toughest. Now they're free to interpret that in any way they wish and the goals go to the most convincing. Natalie, Terry, you have 30 seconds each. Natalie, I'm going to start with you. Which sport is the toughest?
0: Well, I did think long and hard about this. I thought about mentioning USC. Mm-hmm. Bear in mind, we talked about Khabib a little bit earlier on, even hurling. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but that yes. is crazy. Um, both brutal in their own rights, but for me, the toughest sport surely has to be water polo.
3: Mm. <laughs>
0: Plenty of kicking and grabbing with a few sly blows, no doubt, within the pool. Uh, You need to have speed, you need to have strength to compete. So just imagine you also have to tread water for Mm. 30 minutes because you're not allowed to touch the floor. And this is an intense contact sport. Not only are you competing, you have to avoid drowning as well. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's water
3: polo. Terry Alderton, which is the toughest sport?
4: Well, toe wrestling is what I went for, a sport in... 1974 it was invented in uh, at the ye old oak inn in a place called wetton in ashbourne which is in Derbyshire okay and there were a few other sports, there was four people in this pub and they thought we haven't got any world champions in anything, and anything we need to we need to get this sorted out so they firstly did ear wrestling and they did uh, they did push a ball which was using a scaffold pole can't imagine what that was like but oh, okay so like, so, oh, okay, so like tug, of war, tug of war but, but with, a, of war. with a solid <laughs> with a solid scaffold okay, I like that, yeah. but he ended up with toe, toe, toe wrestling. wrestling and that was uh, Peter Cheaton, Eddie Stansfield, Peter Dean and Mick Dawson they were the creators and then, lo and behold the first ever world champion was was Mick Dawson but <laughs> I have to say this is a if you're not aware of what, what happens, what the two combatants. It doesn't get together. sound very tough, so No far, they do, what they have to do, they have to have their feet judged by the by the official and they have to have no fungus and no injuries. Oh. Oh. and then they lock toes face to face, they lock toes and you have to push each other over the line if you like, you know, left to right. With your big so your big toe interlocks oh, with yeah. the other big toe. I oh, know, it's mad. And the big daddy at this moment in time, the big world daddy champion, the, big, well, he? Well, the <laughs> guy he looks like, his name is Alan Nasty Nash. Oh. And he has been the world champion since they started the world championships. And in, even in 1997, after his championship when he appeared on the Jay Leno show. Which, bearing in mind, this only actually does take place in the, the, the ye olde oak in Wetton. Now, here's the thing, right. Toe wrestling, not only is it physically and also health-threatening, you know, uh, as a sport you can lose toenails, dislocation, breakage, fungal cross-contamination, c- athlete's foot verrucas. of course, the list goes on and on, chlorine toes, mallet toes, and, and shanked foot syndrome, yeah. which is one I just made up, but okay. <laughs> I think toe is yeah. miles worse than anything to do with water and polo. There we are,
3: Terry Oldham <laughs> thinks the roughest sport in the world is toe wrestling, only, only played in that one pub <laughs> in Derbyshire, the roughest yeah. sport in the world. Natalie, I think you won that feet down. I was uh, going to say hands down, oh, but you won that good, feet down. Good. moments of the game we move now into injury time where each side has 60 seconds to score as many goals as possible the losing side goes first current losing side is Lindsay and Terry Mm. Newcastle United I'm gonna list a series of bizarre injuries players have cited in the past for missing games all you've got to do is tell me which are true and which are false Jurgen Klopp will tell you when your time is up.
1: Adrian!
2: Like Rocky!
3: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you Jurgen. Do you understand what you've got to do? It's true or false, basically. If you think the injury is a real one, you say true. Your time starts now. Pulling a muscle in a kickabout with prison inmates. True. True. It is true. Carlos Tevez hit by a runaway cow. False. It's true. Sam Henderson put back out pulling a wheelie. False. It's false. Drilling through a blister. True. It's true. Darius Vassell, burnt hands on an oven tray. False. It's false. Dropping a jar of salad cream on true. foot. That's Save true. That's Dave Besson, mm. injuring toe and trying to wake Gaza. True. It's true. Brian Robson, bad shaving cut. False. false. It's false. Tripping over a groundsman's sign during warm-up. True. It's true. Richard Wright, dislocating jaw whilst barking instructions at defenders. False. It's true. Alex Stepney injuring back picking up a football. False. It's false. Electric shock from TV remote. False. It's false. Lifting an ironing board. True. It's true. Michael Stensgaard burnt by a poached egg. False. It's true. Kurt oh. Broadfoot getting up from a chair too quickly.
4: True. true.
3: It's false. <laughs> Tripping over a sleeping moose. True. False. It's true. Oh, go on. It's true. true. Car rolling over foot at petrol station. False. Pulse. It's true, Ever Beniga. Adrian! Oh, oh, There's nice Jürgen. Good. I, I think you did really lot. well. Did you did very in. well. 13 goals. Win. So at yes. the end of that round, you are on 34 goals, playing 25 currently, oh. Swindon Town, Ivo and Natalie. I'm going to list a further series of bizarre injuries. Oh, Just have to tell me if it's true or false. Okay. You need how many? Let's work it out. You need nine to draw, ten to win. your time is up, you will hear this sound. That is the last question. Thank you very much indeed. (laughs) we are. Good old Cluffy. Are we ready? Yeah. Your time starts now. Poking themselves in the eye with a boarding card. True. It is true. Milan Rapajic. Mistaking a suppository for a painkiller. False. It's true. Romalo.
5: Sorry. Breaking
3: teeth chewing a toffee. False. It's false. Getting bitten by a snake at the airport. True. It's true. Romero. Pulling a muscle whilst getting out of bed. True. It's true. Leroy Lita. Putting neck out while reversing car. Oh, true. It's false. Nah. Ligament strain sliding on knees. True. It's true. Sergio Garcia. Blister infection whilst dancing to Gangnam Style. False. It's true. French <laughs> midfielder Adil Rami. <laughs> what? Hits in the eye by a ring pull from a can of Coke. False. It's true. Finnish striker Yari Lippmannen. <laughs> dislocating thumb whilst giving thumbs up to supporters. False. It oh. is false. <laughs> Tendon strain after lengthy session on the PlayStation. True. It's true, Ria Ferdinand. Knee strain whilst driving. True. It's true, Alan Wright. Scolding hand with T at half time. False. It is false. Ankle injury while playing basketball. True. Courtois, yes. Putting back out taking a throw-in. True. It's false. That ah, is the last question. Thank you very much indeed. I did start, so I'm gonna say it. Tweaking shoulder whilst trying to land a monster carp. True. It is true, David James. So at the end of that round, you scored 11, right? Which takes you to 36, which means Swindon Town, you beat Newcastle United 36 to 34. Lindsay
2: story of my life. Second
3: time you've appeared, second time you've lost, yeah. is that correct, Terry? Three times, three losses. Three times, three losses, a team of losers. Losers! <laughs> like, losers. Oh, well, <laughs> Can you take any positives from it whatsoever? We had a lovely day. You had a lovely day. <laughs> we were always nice lovely. to see you. Nice <laughs> latte. And I vote second victory is that? I believe it is my second victory. Congratulations. It was all Natalie today. It was all Natalie, no, wasn't no. It? Natalie really stepped up to the plate. It's
0: just nice that the minnows come out on top once it's again. Good, it? yes. Yes. It's
3: always good, isn't it? It's always good when Swindon beat anyone. Yes. Over the not talking oh, united. So to our winners, we say come together right now. Over me. And for the losers. <laughs> My thanks to Natalie, Terry, Lindsay, and Ivo. Until next time, from myself and everyone here is goodbye. <laughs> There it is, the minnows, Swindon Minnows, Ooh. trouncing Newcastle United. Not trouncing, beating Newcastle Scraping United. Through. Scraping through, you think, Swindon? Yeah. There, I'm there we are, like cry a big the yeah. Sports
2: Direct Museum. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> and Ivo, yes. pretty triumphant there. It's been a great season for Swindon, and it just keeps getting better. It keeps going on. We're not it? scared keeps of anyone. Very good. Now I did say at the beginning of the podcast that we. Natalie, yes. we found out about your heritage. Of course, the red shirts or the white shirts. Yep. Yep. We did ask the TalkSport arty, and the results are back in. And they said they preferred the white shirt oh. 70-30. are listening to the scientific so
0: data. So once again,
3: Natalie, out of step with the British public. <laughs> there we are. This is Glory Hunters. Thanks for listening to us. Please download and subscribe.